It's time for the Fanatics Miami Dolphins podcast on the Fanatics Network. You see, when you're a hairy mofo like me, you require special tools to meet your needs. And when I'm talking needs, I'm talking help, which extends to below the belt. And with the Manscaped Perfect Package, making between the knees breezy comes easy. With the Lawnmower 3.0's waterproof design, featuring advanced skin-safe technology and soft ceramic blades, you'll turn that jungle into a perfectly manscaped yard. Toss in the ball deodorant and toner, and you'll be feeling like Peter North down under in no time. Go to manscaped.com and use our promo code FINSUP, F-I-N-S-U-P, and help us help you save balls today. Miami Dolphins podcast brought to you in part by Manscaped and hosted by me, the legendary Savak. And today I am joined in lieu of my co-host from No Coast, still being on IR, hopefully speedy recovery for this man. He's a little under the weather. Don't worry, non-COVID related. It's 2020, so you have to preface it with that. Uh, I am instead joined by a guest co-host coming to us straight from our newest show on the network, Third and Longo with Handsome Jimmy. The venerable Tony Longo. You can follow him at Tony Longo 17 on Twitter. How you doing today, Tony? Savak, I'm doing fantastic. We got another win this week, so it's all it's all gravy here. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are always the best Mondays. The only time you can really enjoy a Monday, right? Ah, oh, man. So, of course, that means that the first battle of the first-round rookies this year has come and gone, and Tua has emerged the victor. But like so many other times this season, Tua really wasn't the story. You know, we'll touch on that a little bit more in, in a second. Of course, that means the Dolphins are now 6-3 and three for the first time since 2001. And what a tremendous feat that is. They are functioning, firing on all cylinders in all phases of the game, which, of course, takes me to my First topic, uh, special teams, another victory, another round of applause, and a firm open palm slap on the behind to special teams coordinator Danny Crossman for once again having this unit ready to rock and roll. They opened it up, opened the game up. Andrew Van Ginkle blocked a punt, setting up the first touchdown of the game. Uh, Matt, the punter, who we call that because we can't really agree on how to pronounce his last name. He pinned the Chargers at their own four, which they would not score on that drive. And of course, King Sanders, revealed to be human, finally missed a field goal, won 47 yards. However, he would follow that up by knocking through one of 50 yards and another of 49. Tony, what was your assessment of the special teams, their performance? Jason had the Mr. Superman, Jason Money Sanders there. He had to miss the shortest of the kicks, didn't he? <laughs> he but sure he- did. But he's um oh my sorry I had a little mishap there but you're good um, no J- Jason uh, he showed he's human you're right but still he had an excellent game I mean uh, knocking through that fifty and forty nine yarder um, like you touched on I think we touched on this the last episode I was on with you guys Matt Hack just is he's he's unbelievable. Every time he punts the ball, it seems like he's, he's putting it exactly where he wants to. And then 
I mean, I think the biggest takeaway for this defense, that Andrew Van Ginkle uh, block that he had, um, it's every week we say that this defense, they can't keep doing this, right? But they keep doing it. They keep doing it every single week. So at some point, we just got to, we got to, you know, put our hands up and say, this is what we're going to expect. Because turnovers, you can't count on them. You know, NFL is a game of inches. Sometimes it bounces your way. Sometimes it doesn't. But sometimes teams like this, they make the bounces happen. And sometimes that's what happens. This team is built to create turnovers, cause havoc. And the special teams unit, like you said, is one of the best performing in the league all the way around. And what we didn't touch on the special teams is Jakeem Grant continues to just be a stud. Every time he touches, I know at the very beginning of the season, I, I forgot which game he had that little, he, um, he bobbled the ball and we got scared. What, you remember what game that was? Not offhand. I know there were actually a couple early a on couple. where one of yeah. them, he flat out fumbled. The other one, there was the bobble and stuff, but you know. And I remember. Yeah, go ahead. All over <laughs> Dolphins Twitter, it's, oh, we just, I don't want to see, I don't want to see Jakeem touch another punt. I don't want to see, I don't want to see him lose this game, but <laughs> he's a stud, man, because every time he touches the ball, he is a stud. I'm sure we're going to talk about it later when we get to the offense, but he's just, Preston went out, he's stepping up. It's next, next man up. You know, I kind of feel like it's that Patriot mentality. You know, we've, We've had coaches missing, players out. We're on our fourth string running back. You know, the special teams is, is you know, the solid unit, but it still has pieces moving in and out of that unit. But they're just coming up big every week. Um, and, and the players are performing. I mean, what, did, what else did you take away from that special teams? Uh, I love uh, that. I do want to touch on something else. Uh, something that you said there. I love that uh, that idea that – Sometimes it bounces your way. Sometimes it doesn't, but it seems like when Matt the punter is knocking those things deep into enemy territory, they don't bounce. They just hit and stick. That's it, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. And that is what yeah. we saw. I love that. It's incredible. But of course we got to touch on this young man. Cause you know, he was really the story of the off season and the story of most of the season up until the point when he actually took the field. And then all of a sudden the media was like, Oh, well, I don't know about this guy. Now Tua, this young man shined once again. Now I do want to lead into a quick anecdote. So back when I was 18, I worked in fast food. I worked at Dunkin' Donuts. And I remember it was kind of, uh, we were talking about morale and the manager had us all gathered around and was asking us about how we received compliments or something like that, something to that extent. And she was asking, well, you know, would you like to be told that you're doing a good job? And somebody said, um, I'd really love to be told that I'm doing a sexy job. And for whatever reason, everybody agreed. And so that kind of became the thing. So I want to extend that courtesy to our new starting quarterback <laughs> and tell him that he's doing a sexy job. I'd love to coin a hashtag to a nasty every time he does something, because some of these throws that he makes, they're unreal, man. You know, yeah. you, you just wouldn't imagine, it, especially out of a kid who's what in his fourth start, that was third yep. start either way. I mean, incredible for a young quarterback 15 to 25 169 yards two touchdowns no picks that means he's gone three starts five touchdowns no interceptions currently undefeated as a starter and i wanted to throw this tidbit in there because we were just talking about grant he has shown the best rapport with jakeem grant that i have ever seen of any quarter dolphins quarterback that we've had so far while grant's been on the team I don't know what it is, but for whatever reason, he can find Grant and he likes throwing the ball to him. But what was your assessment of Tua's performance? What did you think of him? Touching on Grant, there was that one play, I think it was in the third quarter, maybe it was the second, where Tua kind of evaded two or three tackles and then he almost hits Jakeem with two defenders behind him at the goal line. Mm -hmm. And it, it was off by like, like one or two feet. I think he was trying to think he was thinking, he was thinking he was throwing to Devonte Parker. He forgot he was a couple inches shorter. He was nephew back there. Um, but if a you couple would have inches, on you're that, really nice. <laughs> I'm being generous here, but that one that would have Dolphin Twitter would have went crazy to see that play. That play was unbelievable. He kind of did the Russell Wilson ducking and dodging, you know, like prime Muhammad Ali back there. Just, <laughs> You know, um, but if he would have hit that one, but he, of course, I mean, going through the rest of the game, listen, I mean, I've seen a lot of talk 
uh, from pundits, Dolphins Twitter, that Tua is still being in a, a position to, you know, they're dialing down the game plan because the defense is playing so well. Yeah. I don't think that's the case. I, I think it's, I do think it's a total team effort, but what I think is happening is the Dolphins defense and the special teams, whether it's Jakeem running it back 30 yards, shortening the fields, the defense isn't, isn't giving up big plays. So we're getting two is getting the ball on the, on the R 40 or, you know, on their fit, you know, the 45, their 45. So he's having short fields to deal with the running game was working actually. And I know we're going to touch on that later, but it was working and Tua made the plays that he needed to make. Um, in every drive, it's just it's a it's a nice aura to have because as I'm watching the game, there's just the feeling that this guy's just gonna get it done. Mm-hmm. He's gonna make the right play, he's gonna make the right read, and it might not be 40-yard bombs every play, but the play that really stuck out to me is how Tua can make a team different and how Tua can make a team special. Karras had a poor night, but there was one in particular we had where he had a bad snap and Tua kind of dropped it on the floor. He goes down, he reaches down, two defenders are about, they're breathing on him. They're, they're literally, no social distancing going on. Tua picks up the ball. He knows right away because he read the safeties pre-snap. He knows Parker's going to be on the right-hand side with one-man coverage, single coverage. He picks up the ball, tosses a dart. Parker makes a, I think it was an 18-yard, maybe 20-yard grab. I mean, it was beautiful. And th- those are the plays that can kind of swing a game because instead of a sack for eight, nine yards that, was most likely going to happen with Fitzpatrick or Tannehill or Cutler or any of the, any of the different iterations of the Dolphins quarterback situation that have happened previously. That's the play that would have happened, would have stalled the drive mm-hmm. and it would have, would have created problems. Tua makes a play happen out of thin air. And that's what you need. So while the stat line might not be gaudy, you know, 15 or 15 out of 25 passing for two touchdowns and 165 yards, it's nothing crazy, but what mattered is when the plays needed to be made, he was making the right reads and, and he was getting it done. My favorite, my second favorite, because that was my favorite two of pass of the game. But my second one was um, late in the, or is early in the second quarter when the Dolphins were driving. It was a second and 10 and Tua hits Parker in the corner ends. We all know that catch that he made, right? He's, you know the one I'm talking about, Savai? Yeah, yeah. Yo, Parker yo. <laughs> with the one-handed grab in the end zone. Think it was that gorgeous. was unbelievable. Yeah. And then we don't get the shin call. Of course we don't because we're the Dolphins. We don't get that call. It should have been <laughs> called in because if they would have called the same as the Rams and the Cardinals too, everybody forgets that Cardinals play. I forgot that tight end for the Cardinals number 81. He got the call too, but we didn't. That's fine. Doesn't face Tua. The next play of the game, his first read is Parker, and he's running an in route on the back of the end zone. He thought he had him. He didn't. Pulls back, and Jakeem's right there, and he launches it straight to him. He just makes the right reads. Mm -hmm. He didn't get phased that that call didn't go for him, even though it should have. And those are the kind of plays and the kind of players that win you those games, and they win you those weeks. It's those little differences, because in the NFL, all the players are good. Any team can win any week. Mm-hmm. And you need a guy like that. That's what makes the difference. That's so, right. It's, that's what I thought about too. What did, what did you think? Yeah, I, th- I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's true. The details matter. When you're playing a game like this, especially at the highest level, the details are really what end up deciding the game. What is that old adage that the devil's in the details? I always oh, like that. And Tua is exactly that kind of quarterback. I know I saw a couple of the pundits on TV. I can't, couldn't remember which network at this point now because, you know, I kind of just like binge it all, you know, and then I agree or disagree or whatever. But they were comparing him to a lot of the, the great quarterbacks now and how they started, you know, which a lot of them started just like that. They were managing the games. They were playing not to lose. You know, they were, they were getting set up in good positions mm-hmm. and making the throws that had to be made. And that's exactly yep. what two is doing now. So the numbers don't pop off the page. You know, he, you don't see the 300 yards and six touchdowns or something like that, but it's because that's not how he has to play. It's not what he's being asked to do. What were you going to say? If you remember, it's, it's, it's very eerily similar to how Russ, how Russell Wilson started off his career. He had an amazing defense. And I'm not going to say this Dolphins defense is as at that level yet. They're getting close. But amazing defense. Pete Carroll loved to run the ball. 
but Russ would make the plays he needed to make. And the, the numbers were never gaudy. That's why he never had MVP votes. He was never putting, now they're letting Russ cook. And okay, he should cook. He's amazing. But the, the numbers were never gaudy. They were never amazing. But we respected Russ because he made the plays that he needed to make. And that's, I mean, I see such a parallel to how two is performing right now he's not needed to go out and throw for 400 yards because we're up, we're winning the game. But when you need to call into it and make a third down play for a touchdown, he's there. You know, the only thing I would have liked to see is, is I hate to harp on Chan because I think he, I think he had a couple amazing plays in this game. The one that sticks out as from a play calling perspective was that little tight end shovel. I think he had to Shaheen. Was it? That was an amazing play. It was like third down, third and two. And he had that little creative. that RPO with Shaheen and he just kind of tossed. It was very Andy Reid and yeah. um, Bienemy-esque. That was very, it was, it was a great play call, but there was one, uh, there was one sequence. I think it was early in the third quarter. We're up and we had three straight runs in a row and we went three and out yeah. and we punched the ball. But there's the epitome of how this team is functioning, right? That we're getting leads and then we're playing conservative, but a smart conservative because, hey, like, let's run this clock out. The defense is going to hold. We're going to we're going to be able to either create a turnover. We're going to be able to stop them. So why put two or the whole team in any sort of precarious position to have them get some momentum? There's no need to. So just to wrap it up, I I loved what I saw from Tua. I don't care mm-hmm. about the stat line. I don't. I don't think they're trying to baby him or or wrap him. They they won three straight with Tua in the lineup, five straight total. But they haven't lost a game with Tua. It hasn't happened yet. So how can you fix something that's not broken? If you're winning the games, don't don't change it because we're gonna rely on that defense for a lot because it's a total game plan. It's not Tua versus the Chargers. It's the Dolphins versus the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I loved what I saw, uh, but I think the most important thing that we got to see was that run game step the step the game up a little bit. Savak, what do you think? I agree. It was really nice. A interesting surprise, I suppose. Undrafted free agent Salvan Ahmed. Ahmed. I don't know. There's been some. Uh, I hear that. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. They've been saying that on TV, but I'm not 100 percent sure, and it goes against <laughs> everything my brain is telling me about spelling. I'm like, look, guys, stop trying to mess with me. I totally almost won a spelling bee in fifth grade, okay? I think I know how that's pronounced. (laughs) But he definitely made his mark anyways. 21 attempts, 85 yards, and a touchdown. They were not shy about handing the ball to him or putting the game on his back. And the intern, Patrick Laird, he's a fan favorite. He got in on some of the action. Uh, two, uh, Two carries for 19 yards of his own. Honestly, I wish they would maybe would have fed him a little bit more. Just hell, you know, get out there and have some fun. Um, I was impressed by it. And ironically enough, uh, I think Brian had alluded to it a couple of episodes back uh, when they first elevated Salvan to the uh, active roster. He was saying that he's kind of like a carbon copy of Miles Gaskin. They even went to the yes. same college. And yes. yeah, and I see it. I mean, he does it. He, he eats up the, the yardage on the, on the ground the same way that Gaskin does. So it was really interesting to see. And I think that's really the type of back they're going to want to lean towards now as they kind of alluded to by waving Jordan Howard today, which we knew that was coming. I even said this last week. I said, if I were them, I would cut him his check and send him on his way. Okay, go. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully you go find another opportunity elsewhere, but it ain't going to be here. But um, yep. yeah, they, they performed admirably, very good, uh, enough to keep, you know, I guess the game in front of them and, and to keep some of that yep. pressure off of Tua's shoulders. Would you it definitely did. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, to touch on the, the Jordan Howard situation, Flo yeah, came out today and, you know, kind of commended Jordan Howard and how much respect he had for him and said he was a, a true pro in and out of the, in and out of the building. So Hats off to him, man. It wasn't a fit for us. Um, you know, our blocking style just didn't fit for him. I think I saw the recap of the season was 28 rushes for 33 yards, something of that nature. And one of those was bolstered last week by that eight-yard run that he had, that big, that big gainer. So, oh, that whopper, man, that whopper. <laughs> but um, no, man. I hope he figures something out. I mean, he wasn't a bad player in in Philly, so I hope he figures out it just wasn't a fit for this team and it hurt me every time he touched the ball that being said 
Ahmed. He looked decisive. He looked really quick with the ball in his hands. He looked really agile. He looked like Gaskin. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it looked like he made the right decision. He, he kept having big gash runs for 14, 15 yards here, one there. He did get stuffed up the middle a couple times, but that's okay. No one's saying he's, that he's Alvin Kamara or Saquon Barkley. But he, he looked good. He looked, he looked all right. Um, not much to say. I mean, I wish, like, looking back on it, do you think Le'Veon Bell kind of is sad about his decision? Because I think this team could have used him. I think this team would have went to a different level with Bell. And I, I think he's going to look back and say that his role in the Chiefs isn't that good. He's going to get maybe four or five touches. Mm-hmm. He could have been a bell cow in Miami. Mm-hmm. And this looks, at least for the moment, we'll jump on this later in the show, but at least yeah. a playoff contender. They're yeah. going to be playing meaningful meaningful games in December. There's no question. Even if they lose the next three, it doesn't matter. They're going to be playing meaningful games. So I really, it really, it disheartens me to think if we had Bell, not that he's, you know, Michael Jordan of the NFL, but he could have made a difference here. Um, but it's good to see Ahmed play well. He can fill in and let's hope that uh, Gaskin can come back by the time we get that Chiefs game because Gaskin's having a nice year and I think we need him. Uh, it was surprising to see DeAndre Washington get basically no role. I'm a fan of his. I liked him when he was in Oakland mm-hmm. uh, or Las Vegas now. Um, <laughs> but him and Callaway didn't get a role. Didn't get any, Callaway didn't get a snap this week. Yeah, what the hell? He didn't get one last week either. I've been, I've yeah. been, I've been very curious about that. It's like, why bother bringing him up from the practice squad if you're not going to yep. even? I mean, you're not going to give him anything. I think they're they're probably like easing him into practice. They don't want to throw him out. He's talented. He's reason, a talented. He's a talented the, receiver. The reason I don't like that is because he should be fairly familiar with the offense already. He hasn't been able to practice, but he has been able to sit in on the meetings and he has been able to be around the facility. So, I mean, it, he, it, I tell you, you can't even put him out there. I just, yeah, I, I don't think he's even been shown on TV in uniform, you know, like that's, yeah. <laughs> that's what's bugging that's me, <laughs> but I, yeah. I like what I think, you go ahead. Let's hope fingers crossed. I think they'll, they'll like, they'll introduce him. They'll introduce him soon. I, you know, I know we're talking about the run game, but I, I hope Preston can come back soon. We need another, need another piece. Definitely a, we need it was funny at the beginning of the year before we came into the season um dolphins twitter and i think the dolphins fan base was a bus saying skill position is where we're strongest at especially the receiving core yeah we get into the season we're halfway through that's our weakest position right now i think the fan base feels and i certainly do that we are bolstered on defense the defensive line is playing strong the secondary is amazing the quarterback I'm infatuated Mm -hmm. and I think it's the skill positions. I think the offensive line too has been playing amazing. So I think it's the skill position. It's funny how you think your, your perceived strength can move on to your perceived weakness in a matter of weeks. Mm -hmm. But I really do think that's the truth. Um, I think the running back situation, it's, it has to be addressed at this point in the off season. It just, it just does. Gaskin's a nice fill in, but as much as we hate, I don't want to say hate as much as we are displeased with some of the things that Omar Kelly says, he's true you do need a better running game to kind of close out some of these games. The Dolphins have been able to do it either way, mm-hmm. but um, we do need more. Ahmed looked good. Ahmed mm-hmm. looked good. I just think we need more. I yeah. just think, I just think we need more in the future, um, but we're going to get there. We have plenty of picks next year. We have an arsenal and we got a, we got a wad of cash yeah. um, at our feet. So Chris Greer is going to make some moves and I have nothing but full confidence in, in him up until this point. But how do you feel about his miss on on uh, Jordan Howard? We could have had we could have had Fournette. Yep. We could have Fournette was waived. Um, I, there was a plethora of players. I agree. I think uh, what it was was that Howard represented good value f- given or good value for what they were willing to pay him. You know, at least he appeared that way know, on paper. On paper, two for ten. I mean, we didn't pay him. We're not going to pay him next year's salary, but it's dead weight for the rest of this year. Yeah. Two years, ten million. Gurley went for the same amount. And Gurley's had a pretty decent year. Fournette went for less because he cleared waivers. Yeah. So he signed an even cheaper deal to play with Tampa. I, I Greer is hit on Agba. He's mm-hmm. hit on Van Noy. He's hit on Byron Jones. He's hit on a bunch of guys 
but this was a miss. This yeah. was a bad miss. Jordan yeah. Howard was a bad miss. It didn't fit this. Didn't fit this team. So what I will say though is that at least he's man enough to admit that mistake and cut bait. You know, yeah. and realize you know what this isn't working. It's not gonna work. Very clearly, he's just not a good fit. So, you know, good on Chris Greer for doing that. But yeah, it was a very bit bad miss. I think he was expecting way more out of Jordan Howard when that signing happened. I mean, think about how Dolphins Twitter reacted. All the fans, we were up in arms. We're, oh my God, Jordan Howard's gonna get in there and he's a bruiser. He's gonna get a thousand yards and this and that. <laughs> nope. 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 Not was, even close. <laughs> without that eight yard run, he wasn't even averaging one yard a clip. If he exactly. Took that run that's why going into that game, that's why that last game that he was he was supposed to be the starter starter for, that was kind of his last uh test for yep. Miami. Like, okay, you're coming into this averaging less than a yard per carry. Now that you have the starting job, what are, what you, are you going do? to do with it? And but- I give that to Coach Flo as well because just because this guy's paid the most, it doesn't mean that he's going to play the most. That's not how the team operates, and that's how mm-hmm. a good team operates. Yeah. And, you know, I hate I hate to keep going back to the Patriots. They're not really having a great year. I mean, they pulled off that win against Baltimore last night. But, listen, they're the they're model for consistency for the past 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they play the game too, right? It, it doesn't matter. They'll cut bait with players that have played – had all pro seasons and if they're weaning off they'll cut bait if you're not playing the best right now there's no previous play equity with them right there's no hey you were great in philly you almost rushed for a thousand yards we're gonna give you the rock here no man show me what you have in practice if you can play you're gonna play if you can't you're not and to say that because they paid jordan had 10 million they're Mm -hmm. on their four string running back and Flo gave the ball to Ahmed instead of Howard. That's what he did. Yep. He showed it. So you have to love that from a coaching staff. That just they're not going to put their team in bad positions because of the general manager, contract situations, financial situations, whatever the case may be. He's going to play the best players that can that he thinks that can win. Mm-hmm. And to bring this full circle and to kind of answer the questions we had before about the Tua starting when mm-hmm. Fitzpatrick looked hot. And, you know, PFF grades him as the 10th best quarterback in the league and we're winning games. Guess what? He, Flo is showing you from the running back room to the receiver room. He's showing you how it's going to be handled. Whoever's going to win the best chance to win the week, that's who's going to play. Yep. And that's why we made the switch to Tua. That's why we made the switch to Gaskin. That's why we made the switch to Ahmed. That's what's happening here. That's why Igbo's sitting, right? Uh-huh. Like the first round <laughs> draft pick, seventh round draft pick, Sealers getting big play snaps signed a contract extension this week like if you play and you show you're gonna get respect on the field and in the in the building so you gotta like that you gotta like that moving forward because it shows that there's some kind of unity between the front office and the coaching staff when a lot of times in previous staffing situations that wasn't the case especially with Gase Mm -hmm. the worst example of that where there's just (laughs) like there's no coherence with the team yeah right and so there's a coherence now. We do need a better running situation, but these guys are getting it done. I mean, that's all I can say. But what I can definitely say, this defense is continuing to take them out. So I know we got something to talk about there. Yeah. So like, Before we get to that, I do want to touch on a couple of things that you mentioned. The first and foremost, you're right about the Patriots, 100%. They are, they are, their motto has always been to move on from a player a year too early as opposed to a year too late i mean hell they had traded for brandon cooks remember and then they ended up trading him (laughs) again yeah i mean that is just kind of their model and it's worked out pretty well for them and so i mean that's kind of how we have to be a little bit we got to be decisive you know we we we're building a roster building a team we're not building you know a couple superstars and then trying to get make the make the game work through them doesn't work that way you know, that is not uh, sustainable. You had something? I just had something when, when you said we're not building a couple superstars. I don't know if you saw, but Eric Rowe came pregame with those cleats, the no-name defense, and he yeah. paid homage on his cleats. Just reminds me, like this defense reminds me of that. That's all. I think Nate I Burleson on uh, Good Morning Football called them the no-name defense 2.0. 
Somebody they on are, TV man. did, but yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Cause you, you they couldn't, are. you can't really name them. People outside of the dolphin fan base can't really name who's on that defense, but we can yep. all agree like, wow, they are definitely functioning very well. They're playing at a high level. That's exactly what we wanted to see. The other thing I wanted to touch on you and you inquired about Le'Veon Bell. And I think how he feels about this season and about his decision is going to be, depend solely on how far Kansas City makes it. If they go to the Super Bowl and they get him a ring, then he was he was right. He made the right choice. Cause if that if that's if that was what his intention was, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that hasn't been his intentions, right? His intentions was was to get paid and from the running back position. We can't hate him for that. The longevity no. for his position is very short. Yeah. He had a good situation in Pittsburgh. He threw it under the bus, sat out the season, went to the Jets to a terrible situation. Coming out of that situation, you'd still think he wants money. And I think playing with the Dolphins not only would have had a gave him a chance mm -hmm. to make it in the postseason, make some noise, but also show that he's still the caliber of running back that we're used to. Yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna get those touches in Kansas City with mm -hmm. Clyde Edwards. They're still rolling out um ah, the, the the third string guy. He's annoying for fantasy. Uh, oh, he starts, starts with a D. Dare. This is terrible podcasting. <laughs> this is terrible. Pod uh, yeah. I want to say Damian Williams, obviously. It's not. Yeah. Daryl Williams. Daryl Williams. Williams. That was Darryl it. Williams. I knew it. It's something like that. <laughs> he recovered it. Yeah. So he's getting touches too. I get what you're saying, right? Like if he wins the chip, it's all good. But if you're winning a chip as basically the third string running back, you're getting two touches in the Super Bowl. Is it worth it? Did you did you really win the chip? Were you really hey, contributing ask, to that chip? Ask Chad Henney how he feels about that. He <laughs> <laughs> got one, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. hey, he's hey. technically a Super Bowl champion. <laughs> yeah, but if but you I wanted did, that, but I wanted that extra contract. Yeah, yeah, if you wanted that extra deal, I think he would have been such a good fit here. I really, oh, I without a doubt, that's why we would have been him a good so fit. bad. I think that's yeah. why the organization wanted him that bad. They wanted, yep. they're like, hey, we are definitely willing to give you more money if you want to come down here because yep. we can yep. really use your services. And it, I think what it was from his perspective is maybe we didn't appear to be what we are now exactly yeah. we didn't yeah. look like we had the trajectory that we look like we have now at that point i can and, agree yeah. wow. so i can I, definitely we're three and three at the time that that decision was being made we had just come off two victories with fitzpatrick yeah two haven't even hasn't even been named the starter yet exactly uh, it was before that rams game mm -hmm. uh, and we had the bye it was during that bye week that we had that's exactly when it happened so yeah, yeah i mean but it shows you once again i keep going back to it's the coaching staff I think they had the vision, like they saw this team, this team can make some noise. This team can move forward. I think they also, you know, cause to make that signing or to go after bell, you probably for a one year rental, you got to think that you're doing something now. That's like you right. got to think that this season you're trying to make some noise and you're trying to look attractive to free agent suitors next year. You're yep. trying to look, there's no, there's no losing in your, in your blood. Like you're, you're trying to go after for, for some wins. Right. So the coaching staff saw that they had an opportunity here and they were trying to capitalize and that's where, where they went after bell. But I love your point there from his perspective too. Yeah. I, I totally agree. He probably didn't see this coming, right? He mm -hmm. probably didn't see the dolphins. They came off two victories against uh, the Jags and I forgot the second one was it the jets, but yeah, they come off two like lonely victories. Um, and of course, you, you have Patrick Mahomes, uh, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey calling you. It's like, let's go win another chip. Yeah, probably. But hindsight's twenty twenty mm -hmm. because I think you could have got a, a got a, a really nice deal for the following years if you joined the uh, joined up with the Finns down here in Miami. Oh, yeah, and we'll probably know in a couple decades when he sits down to do his ESPN thirty for thirty or a football <laughs> life, and he's talking about you know if I could do one thing differently. I would have signed with the Dolphins. <laughs> Fins up on that, man. But of course, that takes us from our offense into our defense, who without whom none of this would be possible. We got to talk about it because we mentioned him before, actually, Chris Greer and the great job that he's done. I keep mentioning I want to send him an edible arrangement because I think he's doing a phenomenal job. Fantastic. That Emmanuel Agba signing. This man recorded yet another sack and he 
to be honest with you, probably should have been credited with another half a sack for that one that, that went to Nick Needham. Cause technically if you watch that video, the end of the play, they're both on top of Justin Herbert, <laughs> yep. but Agba affects the play on each and every single play. I mean, this man is all over the place and he's all over opposing quarterbacks. He's brought it, brought a much needed pass rush to our defense. Nick Needham recorded the sack. Of course, like I said, Agba was involved in that X Howard recorded himself another pick. And now the team is tied for third in the league in total takeaways. I think our, I think our turnover differentials uh, plus five or something like that, which is tied for fourth in the league, but we are doing fantastic. And our defense is a large part of that. Um, I know you've got a little bit of insight on this defense. What'd you see? X comes up again, right? Mm -hmm. X comes up again. He's and then all that trade talk we had preseason, Tisk, tisk. All that trade talk we had in the middle of the season, there was some uh, some trade talk for him. You mm-hmm. can't let go of this guy, man. He's just – he's a difference maker. When when we got Byron Jones back, you know, there's a lot of storylines here. Tua comes in the lineup, you know, Fitzpatrick's out. When Byron Jones got back in the lineup, it was against that Rams team, and that's when we really started to take off because he makes that much of a difference with this defense. Flores loves running uh, just blitz schemes up the wazoo coming at you from different angles. That's how Nick Needham records a sack here. Uh, he loves running, you know, cover zeros, no safeties out up top, just man coverage on the outside. And when you have Byron Jones on one side and Xavier Howard on the other side, you can do that because those guys are going to play good coverage on the outside and you can tell on those plays when they're, when they're doing cover zeros, they're not necessarily aiming for pass breakups or interceptions. They're covering their spots to make sure that if there's a catch to be made, they're there in position to tackle. Mm -hmm. So they're letting that defensive line rush, get the sacks. And sometimes there's plays that are made, but they're not giving up the big play. It's not happening. And that's exactly what you need from that. When you play cover zero, you're taking your shots. You're taking your shots to change the momentum of a game with your defense and that's exactly what they do. They change the momentum all the time. On the first series, there was that big sack against Justin Herbert that mm-hmm. came. I think that was the Nick Needham sack, wasn't it? Yep, sure was. That was the very, fir- the very first series. Then we got the block punt, and then Ahmed runs in one yard for a touchdown. That changes the complexion of a game in the very first series because we never went down after that point, and we never felt like we were going to go down. The defense is the catalyst for this entire team yep. right now, and – you know, we want to throw the praise on Tua, and I think deservedly so, because I think he's playing and he's doing exactly what he needs to do within the confines of the game construct that he's playing in. He's he's winning the games, and he's doing what he needs to. But the defense is the catalyst here. They're playing amazing. X plays amazing. Agba is a phenomenal free agent signing. When I think in the offseason, we liked the move, but it was two years, $15 million. You know, we're, we're hard pressed. We're like, Jadavian Clowney's out there. We went, we tried to go after him last year. Why don't we go out and try to sign him now? Um, you know, there was other players on the board, but Chris Greer, besides the Jordan Howard one, you know, you take some swings, you, you bat, if you bat 800, you're still batting exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Agbo was probably the best signing of this year. I think we can say that two years, 15 million. He's going to ask for a lot more. Yeah. coming next year <laughs> i hope i hope we can retain him we'll see but he's playing out of his mind uh, byron jones doesn't come up in the stat sheet but he had a couple great plays against keenan allen they completely shut down the wide receivers before i think we were talking pregame about this but before keenan allen caught that late touchdown which i, I needed for my fantasy team i hate to say it but before he caught that late <laughs> touchdown Keenan Allen was held for two catches for 21 yards. Mike Williams, I think, had two catches for 11 yards or something ridiculous. These are big play, legitimate receivers on the outside. you got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, a first-round pick that have been playing phenomenal recently, and they shut them down. Justin Herbert's coming off, I think, three back-to-back 300-yard games, back-to-back-to-back, like Drake would say. (laughs) <laughs> if he was still feuding with Meek Mill, sure but he, he's coming off that. He throws for 187 yards. He throws for the two touchdowns. One's extremely late. Mm-hmm. That didn't really change the game at all. Herbert did not look that good. 
He nope. did not look good. In crunch time, this defense got after him, and he didn't have the, the fortitude. He didn't have the balls, the cojones <laughs> that Tua's does to make the plays that he needed to play, that he needed to make. And that, that's what I see from this defense. Mm-hmm. Me too. And I love that you alluded to that because that for that opening drive is kind of perfect for epitomizing exactly what this team is. Exactly. The defense is the engine that's driving this thing. They're what's putting this team in position to get up early. That's what I mean. At least that's been the case in the last few games and they get a stop and then the special teams makes a play. And then, I mean, by the time we get into the second half, the offense doesn't even really have to do anything anymore because I mean, you know, well, points are already scored. We're already up by two, two you know, two touchdowns. I mean, oh. it's been truly phenomenal and hopefully we can continue to get this kind of play out of our defense. I mean, I would love it if we could extend Ogba. I wish we probably would. <laughs> Maybe we should have looked into it, that extension a couple weeks ago. <laughs> <Early>. You know, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know, now he's for sure knowing, hey, you know what? I can get a lot more money. But he's going to uh, get paid, yeah. Oh, for sure. Well, well oh. he was buried He was buried behind, um, you know, Miles Garrett and uh, mm-hmm. our guy, Vernon, you know, on, Cleveland. <laughs> on Cleveland, right? I'm. I mean, the Dolphins do have a knack for making these defensive ends, whether we like to admit it or not. We haven't had one in a couple of years, but mm-hmm. Cam Wake, Olivier Vernon, I mean, Jason Taylor, if we want to go back far enough. But I we, miss we Cam. Made, yeah, me too. Wouldn't it be fun if we brought him back uh, for yeah. this year? Yeah. We bring him back. He can play 10 snaps a game exactly. on, third, on third and 15s. You line him up with Agba on the outside, and you say, let's get to work. Exactly. It'll be it'll be fun. He needs to re- he needs to retire a dolphin. I, don't I know agree. Tennis- he, yeah. I I agree wholeheartedly. He absolutely has to retire a dolphin. And it looks like I mean, come on, we know he's getting to that point. So yeah, put him on a small pitch count. Let's bring yeah. him back for this year. Do yeah. something special. Give him something to go out on. Something that he can be proud of. Like that. This will be and this will be an amazing year if we're we're positioning to go for the playoffs. I know we're going to touch on this on in just one second, but mm-hmm. if we're positioning it, wouldn't that be fun to have him have a playoff run with our team? Exactly. Like just see, right? Just see. I think he's earned that. You yeah. know, I think and I'm pretty sure Dolphin Nation would agree this man has earned the right to make a playoff push with the Dolphins. And yep. it's it's the right thing to do. Okay? So if y'all are listening, Chris Greer, Tom Garfinkel, Bring this band back. Let's sign him one more time. Let's let's do this. They do this the right way. Okay. Yep. Let's make this playoff push with this man on our roster. Give him yep. a good thing to retire on. Now, which takes us over to that, because now Miami is now just half a game out of first place in the AFC East. Yes, that much, dude. A paper thin margin, really. Because Buffalo lost to a last second Hail Mary from Kyler Murray to DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins. So, <laughs> my goodness, I had the opportunity to actually watch that moment at the home of an Arizona Cardinals fan. What and what a moment, oh. really. Yeah, it was something. I mean, that that house got live immediately. <laughs> <laughs> and that's incredible. Looking at the numbers, it you see Buffalo, their season uh, points for 272 points for 265 points against means their offense is working, but their defense is leaving much to be desired. And New England is two games behind Miami. Their point differential is even worse, 189 points for 211 against. I don't really see them coming up. And the Jets, <laughs> they don't even really warrant talking about in the in that conversation. <laughs> So it's very easy to see how Miami could absolutely take this division and ride it right on into the playoffs. Um, Especially looking at this upcoming schedule, go at Denver, which, you know, playing at mile high is always a little bit of a challenge, but the team itself isn't all that great. And then we play in New York against the Jets. We were just talking about them or not talking about them They're mm. So then we are home against Cincinnati, which uh, that should be a fun one to watch, Joe Burrow and them. Leading up, of course, to the AFC powerhouse battle versus Kansas City at home, which is very interesting. It's the only team on that schedule that we don't know for sure we could beat, (laughs) but there is definitely the possibility any given Sunday, right? You know, so what do you think our chances are of, of clinching this division? 
So I want to I want to I want to play a game with you. All right. Okay. So we're gonna start with Buffalo, and we're gonna go through their schedule. You tell me if they're gonna win or lose that game. Okay. Okay. We'll start. We'll start with the the game coming up. They have a bye this week, so it's the week after. They play the Chargers. This they is can Buffalo. win. They can win that. All right. So we'll give them a win. They play the 49ers. How, do you know uh, what do you know about their their injury report? Garoppolo, right Kittle's gonna be out. He could come back later. Um, Garoppolo, Mostert should be back because he's gonna be back after the bye probably. The so, the running game will be better. Jordan so, Reed looked a little better. That's a close game, right? So yeah. So I'll say that they could win it, but I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna pick loss for them on that one. All right. So one win so far. Then they play the Steelers. They're gonna lose that one. Okay. <laughs> so they have one win so far. One mm-hmm. win. Then they play the Broncos. They can hang with the Broncos. They playing in Buffalo or in Denver? They are playing, let's see. They're playing in Buffalo. I think they'll win that. Okay, so that's two. Mm-hmm. Then they play the Patriots. Oh, that's a tough one. Have they, right? played, have they played them already this year? They have played them. They beat them. And they were playing, that was in Buffalo? This one, that one's in Buffalo, yeah. This so one's actually a Monday night game. Playing in Foxborough, honestly. On Monday night. I'm going to give that one to the Pats. Yeah? Yeah. Give them the Pats? I'm going to give that to the Pats. Provided Cam is still healthy, yes, I'm going to give that to the Pats. So they have, okay, but you know what we should do? We mm-hmm. should give them one, of, to be fair, we should give them one of the 49ers or the Patriots. We'll give them one. Oh. That, no? They're going to win one of them, right? The toss yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So, we'll say they can get three more wins out of the out of that group. Okay. okay. That would that would put them at 10 and 5 moving into the last game. Mm. 10 and 5 moving in the last game. We'll touch on the last game in a second. But let's move over to the Dolphins, okay? So, 10 and 5. Remember mm-hmm. that number for the Bills moving into week five. 17. Yeah. Now let's move to the Dolphins. We play next week we play the Broncos. Beat them. <laughs> okay one win then we play the jets we can beat them play the Bengals. we can beat them <laughs> we play the chiefs that one's the that's the questionable one that's going to be up in the air so i guess we yeah. should should we like in all in the interest of fairness make that a loss yeah we should make it a loss. let's not be biased here yeah <laughs> then we play then we, we play the pats we can beat them we didn't we didn't the first time but we can beat them the second time we can beat them the second time. Mm-hmm. And then we play the Raiders. That's a toss-up. That's a tough. That's tough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's say between the Pats and the Raiders, we just give ourselves one of those wins. We'll right. do the same thing we did for Buffalo for us. Yeah. Right? We're being fair in, in the yeah. reason of fairness, right? Yeah. So four more wins. What are we? We're we're ten and five. <laughs> Buffalo, <laughs> Buffalo is what? Ten and five. And guess who we play week 17? Buffalo. Buffalo Bill. So I, just get, that's and, a long-winded version of saying. Th- but this is where it comes back to what I was talking about, the point differential. Our defense is playing much better than theirs is. Much better. And so – That matters when it's cold. It sure as hell does. And yep. that's what we're going to be looking at, and I believe we can absolutely take them. It's looking like that's going to be a considerably big, big game, especially if the Dolphins can take care of business here the next few games. Yes, sir. I mean, that's that's really how you have to look at it. They have to take care of business against these the next three opponents because they, they took care of the hard ones with the Rams playing the, the NFC West with the Rams and the Cardinals. Games we didn't really think they could win. They were actually underdogs at home for the Rams. So they came out. They handled the hard ones. They got one off the snide with the Chargers. That's mm-hmm. good. But they got to go ahead and they got to take care of the, they got to take care of the easy ones, right? Because theoretically speaking, if we're anointing the Dolphins as this team that has playoff aspirations and they're, they should be in these these discussions of a top ten at least top seven team. Absolutely. They got to go ahead and they got to take care of the Broncos, Jets, and the Bengals. Yeah, without a doubt. And then that game versus Kansas City on December the thirteenth in Hard Rock Stadium. That's going to be flexed yes. because you're looking at a you're looking at a nine and three at probably uh, eleven and eleven and two or eleven and one team at that point with the Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That game is going to be huge. Oh yeah, 
huge. <laughs> they're going to want to do something with that. There's somebody was saying that they're probably going to send the A team bro- or A broadcast team out there for that. Romo's one. flying. Romo's flying out for sure. Yeah, that'd be Ro- cool. <laughs> Romo's flying out. Oh, we, if, sure. if we could be bestowed such an honor, please. <laughs> <laughs> but I agree. It is very, very possible. And I mean, every single game we play so far this year, it seems to be more possible. This team looks good. And we're playing well in all facets of the game. And that's what we wanted to see. This is fantastic. So I guess which takes us to our final thoughts. What are we thinking? Um, I don't want to do like the, the predictions or anything as we normally do that on the Thursday shows. But uh, I guess do we have any final, re- final thoughts on this previous game here? Like, like we kind of touched on, I think what everyone's really going to focus on throughout all of these conversations is Tua, because Tua is actually driving a lot of the national attention onto mm-hmm. this team. And it's been a long time since we've had that, a very, very long time. Um, we had it for a, gl- a glimmer when Jay Cutler came aboard, when we scrambled. Um, but uh, this time for the right reasons. And yeah. I think that we had a lot of talk after that Rams game of is two on a 10 game audition is he on his way out are we looking to package the houston pick to go up for justin fields or trevor lawrence or trey lance it's not happening guys it's not Mm-mm. this is the guy they're going to build around him for the future this team looks on the right track they just need to go ahead and take care of the teams that they need to take care of and i have no more trust possible that i could allot to anybody other than yeah than Brian Flores in the one game where I believe coaching makes a true difference in football, more than basketball, more than hockey, more than tennis, more than (laughs) anything you could think baseball, you know, coaching, you can really, there's a real difference in the NFL. And I think we found the guy, man. And I think that's the most important part. So Mm -hmm. the closing thought on my end is two is the guy. Yep. And football is a coach's a coach's sport, I, which does give me uh, brings me to one question that I was asked, I think two episodes back. And so I have to ask you because I'm I'm curious to get get your response on it. Which are you more excited about, our head coach or our quarterback? <laughs> exactly. Listen, I'd be lying if I didn't say Tua. <laughs> I'd be lying. I'd be lying. I feel because like I am the lone person to say Flores. I listen, I I agree. I don't there's I have full confidence and I have not been able to say that. I haven't been able to go into a Dolphins game and just just think in the back of my like if we lost, there's something wrong here. Yeah. If that hasn't happened. There's been there hasn't been that feeling, but there's that, that feeling is growing with this team. And I think it's a combination of both Flores and Brady. And I think you know, just on the other coast of Florida, you can you can see that experiment playing out with Tom Brady away from Belichick. Like Brady was probably the, the driver for most of that success, but as you can see, Belichick can game plan a pretty terrible roster to beating one of the best AFC te- AFC teams. And Baltimore is actually six and three. Nobody's looking up at the standings and seeing that. But the Dolphins, they're actually behind the Dolphins in the playoff race right now. Wow. Right now, they're in the seventh spot we're in the sixth spot because of strength of schedule and division play. So they're behind us. So, you know, you're seeing that experiment play out both sides work, but the quarterback is what really drives that. I mean, I don't want to say that, you know, it's it's cut and dry. Like that's the answer, but Uh if it's me, I've just been waiting to see a guy like Tua and a guy just when you see him throw, there's just no doubt in my mind he's he's going to the right spot. And that's mm-hmm. that's what you need to win games. It just is because even Belichick can't coach up Cam Newton to be a perennial team that's going to win the next two Super Bowls. It's not going to happen. He needed Brady. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. He needed Brady as much as Brady needed him, right? Like mm-hmm. It's that, that idea. It it's that idea we were talking about earlier with Philadelphia, that capturing that lightning in a bottle, the perfect yep. chemistry between your coach and quarterback. Yep. That's what you need. And that's what we have. And I guess that's what for a lot of us, you know, the younger fans who didn't really have the opportunity to bear witness to the greatness that was the seventies and, you know, a, a large part of the eighties. Um, this is the first time we've seen that come together for us. 
the right coach, the right quarterback, and oh my goodness, we're winning. And now we're looking ahead and we're being talked about as, as playoff contenders and like, how far could we really go? And it's just really nice to see. And that's, yeah, I, that's why I wanted to get your opinion. Cause I am, I'm, I'm, I'm big, uh, big on the coach, you know? <laughs> Me too. Yeah. I know we were talking pregame. It was amazing. Then like, like Cal heard that much mm-hmm. of a 180 saying the dolphins are the fourth best team in the league right now. That is really interesting. You know, considering he was literally like last week, you're talking about, oh, yo, well, two is too small. and Not he's, enough uh, <laughs> wiggle. There's not enough wiggle. Wiggle. I don't see man. the wiggle. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, yo, he showed some wiggle. He showed he some wiggle, okay? <laughs> and outdid, outdueled Kyler Murray's, which was, uh, I think, one of the biggest tests for him on this season up to this point. So we're, we're not talking enough. There, there was so much talk, especially on Dolphins Twitter, about, how Justin Herbert's playing better and a more complete player. No, we're not, we're, I don't, we're not taking him down as much as we need to, because he looked like a little bitch, excuse my French for most of this game, because he didn't look good and he didn't look good. And I don't care. He had 20 more passing yards. He threw the, but he threw the, the, the worst the, pick of the game. And besides, he threw the ball like 30 more times than Tua did. So I think if they have similar yeah. stats, but he threw the ball that much more, that's not good. <laughs> the best one, when he was rolling left, and he had Mike Williams in the left corner end zone just wide open, just overshoots him by 20. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm so I'm so happy we – we get so, to watch that so hopefully <laughs> that guy's not gonna do that right hopefully that finally put to bed this idea did we draft the wrong quarterback or whatever you know because no very clearly no we did not we got it and besides doesn't matter what justin herbert's numbers say what his stats look like that team is losing okay yep. they do not have a good record they're what two yep. two and seven something like that two and seven yep so, uh, yeah, everybody, let's chill out on this. Let this kid develop. Think of how well he's playing right now, and he's not even – he hasn't even played a half a season as the starter. Can we yep. – like, where where did all the optimism go? Well, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what happened? Like, before this man took the field, everybody was already anointing him a Hall of Famer. Now he's on the field. And look, well, how come he's not scorching the earth, but we're winning yeah. games. So like, yeah. come on guys, let's, let's yeah. rein it in a little bit. Let this kid develop. <laughs> yep. And exactly. I, I think that's all I've got to say on the subject. So without further ado, I'll go ahead and take us out. Everybody remember to subscribe to the Finn Addicts, Miami Dolphins podcast available where podcasts are available or Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify. There's a few other out there too. I'm not hundred percent sure. I haven't really looked into it. I just, Brian tells me they're there. Ask him <laughs> and follow the Finn Addicts on Twitter, Finn underscore addicts. Don't forget to follow our special guest here, Tony at Tony Longo 17, also on Twitter, at least presumably, right? <laughs> I think so, yeah. Give me a follow on there. That's right. And check him out on our newest betting podcast, Third and Longo, right here on the Fanatics Network. And of course, if you have to disregard everything that I just said, in case you weren't listening, because maybe you're distracted by our devilish good looks or something like that, <laughs> you can find all of this on our website, www.fanaticsnetwork.com. Get on there. You can find all of our shows. There's some articles. We've got so we've got some news on there. You can find the team schedule. You can find information on our contests. This, that, everything. That's www.finaddictsnetwork.com. Get on there. Let us know that you did. And I don't know. Maybe I'll give you something. I haven't figured it out yet, but uh, don't hold your breath. All right. <laughs> Let's go out the way we generally like to with a nice fins up. Thanks for joining us, Tony. Hey, have a good night, guys. Thank you so much. Get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with Turkey Day right around the corner, there really is no better time to feast on some NFL action. Whether you're a first-time customer or you've been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. 
Sign up or get reloaded today. Find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. They also boast a fully-fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic tables, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use the promo code FINSUP to get your deposit matched halfway, all the way up to a thousand bucks. You put in 200, they'll match you another 100 in your account. If you're already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at MyBookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it.